<laughs> Welcome home. This is the Residency Podcast. I am Jeff Tomasic with Drew Belcher and Lo Raven. Hello. We are here in Las Vegas to bring you our takes on the biggest stories in business, entertainment, hospitality, and pop culture. Make sure to subscribe. We have to listen to podcasts. Give us five stars. Write a review on Apple. Follow on Spotify. Full video episodes on YouTube. Episode 55. 55? Let's ride. 55. Here Let's we go. ride. This is a good like one. It. I'm not going to lie. A lot of pressure this episode. There I is, feel there like is. our interview skills... Need to be top notch, one hundred percent. Cracking my knuckles here. I'm ready. I'm ready to go. Sit up straight, Jeff. Yes, Jesus get it together. Um, today, our guest is a renowned broadcaster who has interviewed some of the most famous athletes and personalities in the world. She is the voice behind some of your favorite sports. You can see her behind the mic on ESPN, UFC, NFL, and Fox. And she happens to live here in Las Vegas. Oh, wow. She's part of the crew. Megan Levy, welcome to the show. Hi. Hello. Oh my gosh, you guys. Thank you. That was this big. Is so exciting. This was good. Was what an intro. Yeah. What an intro. What yeah. a resume. Yeah, that this, was incredible. Oh, thank you. This feels nice. This feels like you're welcome here already. Yeah. This could fit. We're just broing out. This, yes. yeah. We've been 100%. friends forever. You're here. You're a part of the crew now. This is this really is how it is. Yeah. Family happens just like that. I live here now. Yeah. 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 Welcome, welcome home. Welcome. Welcome home. Um, let's start with some fun questions. Okay. Let's break the ice a little bit. Okay. Um, do you ever get nervous interviewing anyone anymore? Uh, yeah, sure. Sometimes yeah. I do. I would say like more after a big football game, like especially if it goes down to the wire and you're not sure who's going to win. Ooh. And you, you literally have like 30 seconds after the game to get to your mark. So it's not really time to formulate anything profound. Right. So you kind of have to be figuring out who you're going to interview from each team, depending on who wins, who's the star, what's the story. So I would say that's a little bit nerve wracking for me still. You got to know your stuff at that point too. Yeah. You got to be funny, be quick, yeah. be accurate, yes. be honest. And, and digest what just happened, right? Yeah. Some big finish. There's, the guys are still so Sweaty, going yeah. like so, man. Yeah, that was cool. Yeah. yeah, no bathroom breaks. You better be on on point. with yeah. actually what's going on. Yeah. Um, what is your preparation routine normally before one of your big interviews? Yeah, I mean, well, if it's like a sit down, I mean, for me, research is king. You 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 want to know everything you can possibly know about the the subject so that. It's a conversation. It's all based upon listening. And if they take it down a path, you're not like, oh, what are they talking about? I have yeah. no idea right. like what, what this is. I wish I would have studied more of this. You kind of just want to know everything you can and then just listen and let it go down the path. But it is hours, sometimes days. I mean, it's it's writing notes, rewriting notes, reading everything you can, consuming videos. It's, it is very time consuming for me. I take it super seriously. Do you really have carte blanche on what you're asking your guests or do you have to submit it, resubmit to yeah. Are they just like, hey, no. you're you're a pro, do what you gotta do. Yeah, no, I I get the goods out of them. Yeah. yeah. I mean, for me, I think everybody with me is pretty familiar with like, I don't have a gotcha style. It's more of like, I know you guys have a story to tell. Right. How can I best help you have a platform to deliver that story? Um, so I don't I don't submit questions to anybody, like no matter if it's UFC, NFL, or something totally different, like it's just me. So if I mess up, it's definitely on me. But Got it. Yeah. fortunately it doesn't work like that. Um, I, I try and make sure we stay out of that. <laughs> not so. trying to do any, yeah. any, any curveball clickbait right. questions. Yeah, yeah. never, okay. never. That's not good. With that's me. smart. Yeah. That's how you, that's how you maintain a good reputation. Every exactly. Time, right? Exactly. Um, what, who gave you the worst interview you could ever remember? Like, what was the one time where you're like, wow, that went absolutely terrible? Mm. Or took you down a path. You were just like, where yeah, is what this is this happening? What is happening? This right is now? horrible. Yeah. yeah. Um, gosh. That's a really tough question. I mean, there's been a couple NFL interviews that maybe weren't the best yeah. or like super engaged with me after yeah. their game. Um, and then there's like, there's never really a bad interview in MMA or UFC because there's so much to talk about and usually everyone's yeah. some sort of a personality. But I do remember it wasn't a bad interview, but Mark Hunt was cutting weight and he was wearing a sauna suit <laughs> and I had to interview him on stage and he put his arm around me and like all his sweat came out of his <laughs> oh. sleeve onto me. So it wasn't like the interview was bad, but the 
logistics around it. I was like, oh, I'm now covered in Mark Hunt sweat. This is disgusting. And you're acting like nothing's happening the whole time. No, I I guess I like made a face because people send me the photo kind of. (laughs) Oh, oh, we're we're gonna find it. Yeah, we're gonna gonna find it. We're gonna find it. Make it a meme for sure. Get off of me right (laughs) now. Yeah. Well, what's a what's a better platform or um kind of way to do it? Do you like doing the right after the game or do you like doing the sit down? You know, you have some preparation. Yeah, I like both. That's a really good question, but I think they're both like so different and it's almost yeah. hard to compare. We call them both interviews, but they're really not. Like one is so reactive and you you rarely have time to prepare for a post-fight or post-game interview. Yeah. It's just making sure you pay attention and you know what right. the heck is going on with that sport. Um, but for a sit-down interview, I mean, I do love doing those. Like yeah. I think it is so great to learn about whoever it is from whatever walk of life as a full human being and not just maybe what we know them for in the spotlight. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah, you got to get the whole full picture. Yeah. Do you prefer interviewing fighters or football players? I think they're actually both pretty similar. Yeah. Um, oh, wow. There's oftentimes where I'll, you know, because I work UFC way more often than I do NFL. Right. Um, there's many times I'll work a game and be like, oh my gosh, this guy reminds me of this fighter. Like mm. for instance, the I worked Baker Mayfield's first start. And um, so it was, you know, big media week right. and we were talking and the whole time, the way he approached media just reminded me of a fighter. And so <laughs> they're, they're for the most part, really similar. I think high level athletes are high level athletes. For sure. Yeah. yeah. Baker's got a personality too. Like yeah, he was great. Yeah, he's, he can command it all. Yeah, I've actually worked a few of his games and he's always been he's always been really awesome with me. So no yeah, complaints there. That's a good That's one. Awesome. Yeah. Um so uh, real quick, after yeah. a couple of them, so say you Baker and you see Baker again, does he go, hey, here she comes again? I know that's this is gonna go. Do they ever have that kind of relationship with you? We're like, all right. Hey guys, it's me again. Here we go. Yeah, I mean, well, mostly for fighting. I mean, for fighting, I mean, it's like a family. For sure. Even though there's 700 fighters on our roster, like everyone is used to coming to me. Yeah. Uh, For football, it's not really that like comfortable yet. There's tons of different reporters. You're working tons of different teams, games, and. There's a lot. Yeah, yeah, and like it depends on who's the star of that game, right? right? For sure. You could work five rounds games in a season and maybe not ever get the same players for your post game interview. Very true. Um, it actually is funny. Sometimes the players will recognize me from UFC and they'll be like, wait, what are you doing on the field? Yeah. Wait, what are you doing here? Yeah. 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 Sports, Sports, lady. Yeah. And, yeah. Then, and then we'll do like an interview afterwards or I'll ask them some questions pregame. They're like, oh my God, this is so great. Right. Yeah, that's awesome. Yeah, that's why I'm here. <laughs> that's good. That's got to give them confidence though when they do see you for other things. Though, yeah, obviously. yeah. No, it, it's been really fun. I've had a, probably like three or four experiences where I've just been on the game, uh, on the field pregame and they're like, wait a second. You're the UFC person. Did, it's Sunday. What? Did, did you ever have to track down someone? You know when someone really doesn't want to be interviewed, but you really have to get them on air too? Have you ever had to like track someone down? Oh, yeah. Okay. Oh, yeah. Awesome. I mean, I've had to like wait outside of locker rooms with a microphone, even though they don't want to do it. Or, um, you know, I would say like one in recent memory, um, Sean O'Malley got hurt during mm. a fight. And essentially, the, the fight was called due to injury. I mean, it, it ended um, with a finish, but he was injured. And I had to, like, go talk to him while he was on the stretcher. Oh, and, no. like, yeah. Wow. F- and find out what happened. Yeah, and I was like, hey, I'm sorry, I have to do this. And he's like, no, 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 it's fine. And he just said, you know, I'm not sure what happened. And That's so, tough. So, yeah, it is tough. That's it's a tough, tough mic tilt, you know. Hold yeah. on. You know, just uh-huh. get right down there. Yeah, oh. luckily I'm short, so I was, like, right there. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. Okay, good. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> Race is uh, that's positive of the whole routine. Yeah. Um, all right, let's go back a little bit. Okay. How did you break into like such a wildly competitive industry? Yeah, I mean, did you have a, like a big break moment? Yeah, everybody has the friend that was like, oh, they went to school for journalism. Oh, yeah, and they're not in that field at all. Right, and I did not go to school for this. I oh, went, no. I oh, went wow. to my undergraduate is from Seton Hall University in New Jersey. Went for political science. Oh wow. Uh, it wasn't until I was about a senior in college where I was like, I can talk about sports on TV. I mean, it was kind of like a long time to me getting there. Never even a thought in my brain. 
Never in a million years. It wasn't even like a job option. And I, I grew up loving the Yankees and the Giants, so I watched all their games. But for some reason, it didn't like compute in my brain that I could be the girl on the sidelines working yeah, this yeah, or giving sure. me that inside information. So once I was like 21 years old yeah. and I realized, oh, I can do this and tried it out a little bit and was like, why not do what you love? It's that kind of cliche like, oh, like follow your passion and it will yeah. work out. Pre-social <laughs> media, by the way, people weren't welcoming to do these types of jobs too. It was like, hey, go be a business major, yeah. do right. sure. doctor, lawyer, right. teacher, whatever. So like, hey, I'm going to go be a sports broadcaster. Like, okay. Right. Stop shooting yeah. for the stars right now to get back yeah. to life. Yeah. And so I realized that it was so highly competitive and I thought, okay, I what can I do to set myself apart because I'm starting late. I'm not going to a school yeah. for journalism with this like crazy program where I'm getting reps and I'm learning to work a camera. So I did get my master's at Fordham in the Bronx. Um, I actually finished that in two semesters. It was really important to me to back up what I wanted to do with some sort of degree that at least set me apart a little bit. Yeah. And then I just worked and worked and worked. Um, I got an offer to move out here. Uh, and I was dirt poor in New York City. I was making, like, no money. I was essentially stealing, like, coffee and lunch from our green rooms at the office. <laughs> <laughs> I'd be like, what are you guys throwing out? Because yeah, they throw right? out the food, like, every couple yeah. of hours. Is that, I'll take is that free fruit? Yeah. I'll take it. Yeah, no problem. <laughs> Don't care if it's spoiled. Yeah. Send it my way. Um, and so it was a little bit more money, and uh, the cost of living, obviously, drastically different. Sure. Yeah. And Especially back then. Wow, you could live yeah. in Vegas for free. Vegas might have paid you at that my, point. My <laughs> first apartment was $700. Oh, and steal. I, wow. my, I was paying, like, 2000 in New York. City. Yeah. So for something probably three, like three hundred square feet, Ooh. no air conditioning, oh fourth floor walk up. And so this podcast studio. Oh, oh yeah. my no, god! No elevator. Oh my god! Fourth floor walk up is is the cream of the crop right there. Yeah. So that's a little asterisk at the I end. Was the knife on the East River where the Second Avenue subway did not exist. So I lived almost a full mile from the subway, and it sounds oh. like oh, I walked up you know uphill. This yeah. is real, yeah. but it was like that. And so I took the risk, and I was like, listen, if it doesn't work out. I'll move back to New York and be poor. Like, it's fine, but yeah. let me just try. Right. And For there sure. were a lot of different factors that influenced why I tried. Um, and yeah, no, never left. Nice. <laughs> what year was that? When did you come out 2010. here? 2010. 2010, you came out to Vegas. Yeah. Nice. All alone, didn't know anybody. I knew, like, kind of two co-workers, and that yeah. was about it. I, I was somewhat dating a guy or liked a guy who lived in California. That's not my husband. And uh, Worked he, out. Yeah. Worked out. Worked out. Really. <laughs> but yeah, so it was, it was a crazy adventure. My parents were like, what? the fuck are yeah. you doing? What did people say to you to pe when you said, uh, hey, I'm going to move to Las Vegas? Yeah. You're like, come on. Um, actually, like, it was terrible. So, yeah. like, some of my friend's parents were like, that's, that's an awful She's lost the people like, from New York. Yeah. She's lost doing? it. Yeah, it was just kind of, it was a mess. Um, but I just, I had to try. Yeah. And that was kind of, like, you asked the big break. That was kind of it because I was so green. I had no business doing the, the role I was hired for. But... I learned on the job and it worked out like, you know, I, I, it was all about reps. That's really what TV is about. It's all about getting your repetitions in, feeling comfortable, learning what works for you and what doesn't. Yeah. And I was able to do that and cut my teeth, but in a, a pretty, you know, a pretty great role to begin with. For sure. Yeah. Was there like a moment where you were, you know, working and doing it and then all of a sudden it just exploded? Cause you had, you started from one place and you ended up in a completely <laughs> yeah. other. Yeah. I mean, the things that kind of, I remember I, we did the official pre and post show for UFC pay-per-views before the TV deal. So the UFC actually had a partnership with the company I worked with. Okay. Um, and they were called Heavy. And they they essentially paid us to go to each pay-per-view and do a pre and post show. We'd bring in some fighters, some guest fighters, um, some like MMA journalists. And I 
was a co-host on that and it was awesome yeah. and I really cut my teeth there and then there's just I would say like the Rhonda revolution that changed yeah. my life so she and I just that had, was so big yeah and we just had this really great rapport that was very natural nothing was forced about it that's awesome yeah and so she I would say like between like Dana White, the Fertitas, Rhonda, and Connor, like when you add all of them up, like that's how my life changed. A perfect storm. Sure. Right? Yeah, like they the all like storm. they all believed in me in different ways, and nothing was ever forced or handed to me. It was yeah. always like, hey, you're working for this. We we see it. Same with Rhonda. She'd be like, oh, I love your interview style, and we did one, and then she had told her agent like basically, I always want to work with her because it was easy. Same yeah. with Connor McGregor. I mean, we always worked together before every fight, and so those were kind of like the life changers for me as well. And those are probably two of the biggest staple names for the UFC. Yeah, yeah. I thought. Yeah, ever. Sure. Yeah. But the Ronda Rousey crossover mainstream media with UFC was like nothing else. Yeah. Especially with grappling with female fighters and Ronda Rousey's Hollywood attraction, yeah. entourage, all these things. Yeah. She became an absolute superstar overnight. Yeah. No, it was it was huge. And I think you nailed it with like the, the female aspect of it because it yeah. was something never seen. Like we've had Chuck Liddell and Tudor yeah. and George St. Pierre. Sure. We've had those names. But to have a woman grasp the attention of the world in the way she did, that was huge. And so... Her interviews were few and far between sometimes, but like she was the main event. Like she made yeah. female fighters the main yeah. event at a UFC yeah, fight, she, which prior probably would have seemed like a far off. Yeah, option. I mean Dana said there will never be women in the UFCs on camera saying it, yeah. and then like oh Ronda's here, okay, come on in. <laughs> She'll be be involved yeah. and be the highest yeah. ticket. Yeah, and come so on it, in. I mean she she changed my like she I got to go to SNL because she was the host and she thought it would be good if I was there to interview her. Like that was that she didn't need to do so that. Sick. Right. Yeah. And so, so that was sick. that's life changing stuff and things like maybe it didn't matter to her. Maybe it wasn't it was kind of just like a second thought to her. Yeah. But to me, that was everything. Sure. You know? yeah, absolutely. Well, I think when you're interviewing people, especially we found too doing a lot more interviews, like you said, you don't curveball people or come in with sides or try to get some clickbait or get yeah. that weird one quote that doesn't get you a long term relationship. Right. I feel like people who are interviewed continually over and over and over again, which Ronda Rousey in her heyday was probably being interviewed all the time. Yeah. She wants to say, okay, cool. I have to sit down with someone. I'd like to do it with someone that I know I'm going to feel comfortable with. I have a good rapport with. Isn't yeah. going to blindside the hell out of me. So yeah. I'm sure that had to play a lot into the role. It was super important. And I think to this day, that's like how I conduct myself. And even with, with people like Connor, who's now kind of in that role that Ronda was in doing interviews all the time. And he's been doing it for years and years. But you do have to make sure you're you're figuring out what's important. And really, at the end of the day, it's never about who's asking the questions. It's about getting the best answer you can out of the person across yeah. from you, making yeah. them the most comfortable. And so that's how I've always approached it. You know, whether it's Brock Lesnar or somebody who's the first fight on the card and it's their UFC debut, it's all going to be the same to me. Did you ever get in the ring with Ronda real quick, too, and say, hey, let's, let's practice no, right now? No, no, no. Let's roll around yeah. for a bit and see how yeah. this goes. Come on, no. let's check it out. No? <laughs> no, no, we like talked about close. Yeah, okay, okay. No more of that. Um... That's huge. Obviously, there's a lot of big yeah. moments for you to get here where you are. Um, were there any early on-screen moments where you look back and you like cringe and you're <laughs> yeah. like, oh my god? Yeah, like every one of them, even <laughs> like last week. Because we have a ton. We, we have a ton. Yeah. We look at our for videos sure. and I'm like, oh my god, why oh. did I do like, that? No, I'll watch a rerun of like the weekend before's fights or like I'll hear <laughs> my own voice and go, why do I have a job? Who is yeah. that? Horrible. Yeah. Absolutely yeah. horrible. Yeah. Wait, I'm sorry. Am I getting fired right now? Like, That's it's funny. It's a tricky... 
weird thing. And I think to be on television or to be on camera, you like simultaneously hate and love yourself. Yeah. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like you want to believe in yourself for me. I'm like, there's nobody who can do my job better than me. I want the ball. You know, I want to be able to be called upon at the last second and score, you know, the yeah. winning goal or whatever it may be. I want it to be me. But then the other side, I'll watch it back and be like, Oh my God. <laughs> Fire me. Take Fire me. Take yeah. it. Who, Over. who does that? I think it's hard for people to watch themselves, especially when yeah. they're not used to it. You have to just do it, edit it, put it out or just have it put out and move on. Like yeah, I mean, I definitely always watch things back to see what I can do better. Yeah. Like every yeah. single show, I'm like, okay, I can do this better. I can do this better. I make notes. I, I'm very diligent about that. I'm my own worst critic. But um, yeah, it's tough. Nobody, gotta watch tape. You nobody know what I mean? likes yeah, watch hearing tape. their own voice. Yeah, nobody likes. And sometimes I'm like, what is my face? Like what? You know, it's just like <laughs> a weird thing. You also, when you watch yourself, you're way more of a harsher critic than most anyone else do or, mm -hmm. or the things that you notice that no one else does. Yeah. Like yeah. cracking your fingers or messing, touching your face yeah. or having your voice crack a little bit. Or Yeah. And, and I think for me, like once you realize that nobody knows what you were going to actually say. Yeah. So if you like say words differently, I right. mean, it's always important to be factually correct. Right. But in terms of like how you're going to present it, nobody at home knows how you wrote your script. Yeah. I mean, I'm 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 very good at memorization. For me, I write my own scripts and then I memorize them, and it's a it's actually like a skill that I've been perfecting for years. But if I like say something out of order, like nobody at home knows, right. you know. Yeah, sure. So it's it, once you take that pressure off yourself, I think you can be a lot better on camera. Yeah, and that helps flow too, right? Unless yeah. if you're going step by step by step. It, Sometimes it makes sense to jump to something else and go, all right, that actually ties into yeah, exactly yeah. what we're talking about. Yeah, it right always now. works out. Nothing especially goes if you know your shit. Like, yeah. you're, like, it's not like somebody writes something else for me or I have no idea what's happening in front of me with a fight or a game. Like, it's very important I do it all on my own so that if something has to change mid-sentence, yeah. like, I know where I'm going. For sure. <laughs> yeah, 100%. That's awesome. Um, so you've seen the UFC go crazy exponentially over a long period of time. What was Fight Island like oh. in Abu Dhabi? Because there, UFC was the first real major sports company to be able to pull off live sports. Yeah, it was crazy. When we went in July, um, it was it was crazy. I mean, it was like an unknown thing. First of all, we're all- By the way, the idea of it as a fan, when they announced that was UFC like, was going to oh. do a fight island in Abu Dhabi, you're like, what is going on right now? Yeah, well, I think it was sort of a laughing stock in the beginning. Like a lot of, even like late night shows were touching upon it and they're kind of like, oh, okay, this fight, okay. You know, and then when people realize, oh no, this is happening and right. it's going to be real. And it, first of all, let me just say, it was as safe as can be. Yeah. We were tested a bajillion times. Um, we were locked in our rooms for much of it. We were, I mean, the the guidelines of the bubble were strictly, strictly enforced. But we tested a bunch before we left. We were all on this charter knowing, okay, everybody had negative tests, several negative tests. We all still had to wear masks. Then you go to your room, you take your tests, uh, multiple tests throughout 48 hours. You're locked in there. They, like, leave food at your door, and then you can, you just quick <laughs> open your door, and then they seal it back. There's, like, a sticker that goes over, and they seal it back up, and... Um, it was bananas. And Abu Dhabi in the middle of July is... Hot. Scorching. Yeah, oh like God. 130 degrees yeah. and like 80% humidity. Oh my God. Yeah, it's 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 like Las Vegas and like Florida had a baby Ooh, in both in the you middle of their, no, I could. their oh hottest seasons. And, you know, you're also working on a crazy different time zone. Yeah. So um, we were doing fights in the middle of the night and it... It was insane, but it was probably one of the craziest, best experiences of my life. Like, it was 
who else can ever say they were able to do that right. and go there um, during a pandemic? Yeah, for one. and yeah. that pay per view that was like one of the biggest pay per views ever um, between Camaro and Jorge Masvidal, which yeah. we'll see the the rematch of uh, very shortly. And like, I mean, in one day, not to like brag, but I interviewed The Rock and Charlize Theron about oh, the fights. Like, that's sick. it was a life. It was life changing on every aspect. And there was this weird underlying nervousness that all of us had because you know the pandemic was very relatively new at that point when we were leaving in in july and And it was at the peak of complete confusion for everyone no one knew what was going on and so it almost like heightened the experience because you're just you're nervous about everything but you're with all your friends and you're like you're getting to eat and be in this cool place and then there was a beach and a pool and you're still like wait a second the rest of the world isn't living like this what are we doing were you worried going there at all yeah sure of course yeah very worried yeah um but I think we all were. But we also had the confidence in in the whole plan. I think working for the UFC for so long, from the very beginning days when it was the Fertitas and Dana, and now with you know WME and Endeavor, I think you just know we we do a lot of things right. Uh, we don't do everything right, but we do a lot of things right. And this was something where they were not going to put all of our athletes at risk. They weren't going to put all of these employees at risk. I mean, we were on a private charter in a private gate at the airport and like the, you get on the plane and it says fight Island everywhere and UFC. And, um, they, the, everybody was in full PPE from like head to toe, the flight attendants. And it was, it was pretty, it was pretty crazy. It was nerve wracking, but it was, it was amazing. What would make it seem like to me is like, you guys, you guys are kind of the athletes too. Are you guys getting all this extra treatment to make sure that you guys are safe to go do a high level thing that you guys do, right? Yeah. Whether you're, medical staff, whether you're reporting, whatever you're doing, you're you're part of that, whatever's going out there. Yeah. So they're going to treat you that same way they do as a high top tier athlete. Yeah, and our teams are, we have the hardest working teams in sports, honestly, because everybody else has a season. Yeah, yeah. And everybody else has like team staffs and then league staffs and we're kind of everything right. all at yeah. once. Um, yeah, it, put it. yeah, it was, I mean, it was, it was a wild time, but I'm so glad I got the opportunity to do we it. We joked on the podcast about how in the very early stages, people not being used to seeing other people in masks. Yes, it's for safety, but it kind of scared you even more because yeah. when you started seeing a lot of people in masks. When you got onto a plane and you saw everyone in like PPE head to toe, like the I feel safe at the same time, but I'm also 10 times more scared yeah. right now. Yeah. Except I was, and like, you know, our, our friend Chris is off camera right now, but like he can attest to for 10 years, I've worn a mask on airplanes. Really? Yeah. Wow. Oh yeah. And so like on Southwest, that would be my trick. Well, I would do it because I got very sick going over to Asia one time and the doctor we had with the organization, with the UFC, she was like, hey, wear a mask. He, she wrote me a bunch of prescriptions. I had like a crazy fever and was really sick and she helped me get better she's like you need to wear a mask we don't just do this like because it looks cute it's really helpful especially during like flu season and so since then i've always worn a mask and um people all my co-workers would make fun of me on every flight like (laughs) absolutely you show up to a group group flight with like all your friends or co-workers and you're in a mask relax that's what it was a hundred i'm also the psycho that's always cloroxed my seat and yeah. so um, you're just ahead of the curve, really. Yeah, I mean, I still ended up getting COVID in January. <laughs> um, yeah, it was terrible. But Science, like, baby. Yeah, yeah. Uh. but like you said, like, was it scary to see people on the plane? I was the scary person. So before the pandemic, and I would like 
be on a flight and my husband maybe was in the different boarding group than of in Southwest than me, I'd put on a mask and nobody would want to sit next to me because they would think like, oh, this oh, something's wrong. That's what I'm she's saying. Sick. Yeah. She's sick. Yeah. She's yeah. sick. Or she's and so crazy. that was my secret, but now the secret's gone. Now we don't have that. Everyone's going to sit next to her. She's safe. Believe <laughs> yeah. yeah, right. The more masks you have now too. She's smart. She's got seven masks. We she's like her. Exactly. She knows what she's doing. Exactly. That was so intense. How big was Fight Island staff-wise from UFC? Huge. Huge. We had like what five charters go back and forth with different fighters, members of staff. Um, it was a f- that the very first time was four events. I worked the first two. I like to forget the other two, um, but the first two I worked and we brought in. Man, I, I, I if I had to guess, probably like around two hundred staffers. Right. Um, and then you remember, like every fighter has multiple cornermen, like three to four cornermen. Mm-hmm. Sure. If you're the main Whole event, staff, you get yeah. four. Um, and so there's could be 30 fighters to a card, anywhere between like yeah. 24 and 30 fighters to a card. And then they have all their people. And I mean, it really, we took up the whole W Abu Dhabi hotel. And then we had a couple of other hotels in our bubble the very first time. And everybody sort of was spread out, social distance. The rooms were, were all set. I mean, it was an amazing experience. There's, yeah. there's like a hard knocks kind of version of this yeah. on, on UFC that I watched. Yeah. And it's really interesting to see. Oh, wow. Yeah. Behind the scenes. Yeah, of the yeah. Whole yeah. I never, I never you see You see them like they start here in Vegas and they all board the, the charter. They land. They show like how there's like... The barricades are here, but then the actual gates here, and then inside there, there's, so there's big spaces yeah. from actually public people to where the bubble. The actually security kind of around Yas Island must have been Woo. insane. Yeah, it was crazy. Yeah, like like we'd go for runs, and they would just they'd make sure we were not going anywhere near the right. exit of the bubble. Yeah, and not that <laughs> yeah. not that any of us would want to because of it, at that, that time, was our safe space. <laughs> yeah, you know, sure. like, your own island, literally. Yeah, you kind of go home, and then you're like. Mm, like real nervous to be home again. Remember when I had fun with my friends? Around the normals. Twice a day. Yeah, yeah right. <laughs> what, did, had you been in the Middle East before that? Yes, I okay. had. Yeah, yeah. We had um, done other shows in Abu Dhabi, so I've been there and Dubai before. Yas Island's beautiful, isn't it? Yeah, it's really cool. I mean, I've always enjoyed um, our experiences in Abu Dhabi. The, the one fight we had there was a little difficult because it was so hot for one of the shows. Um, I was like blow drying my hair between takes or, or between hits. Just a mess. Yeah, but yeah. it was so sweaty. It was yeah. like, it looked like I got out of a pool because it was so hot and humid. That's that crazy. was when, um, man, I think, who did Khabib fight? I want to say Poirier there. Um, yeah, Chris is not in his head. It was Khabib Poirier. And that was- We a, got a fact checker yeah, for that. Yeah, that was <laughs> a, a wild <laughs> experience. We were all like just dying. Uh, but the the way they treat us is just so- absolutely insanely wonderful that I I couldn't complain. And Yas Island's really cool. I mean, to be in the middle of the desert and have like a beach. Yeah. I got to go to Formula One there a few times. Awesome. Okay, so the Formula One goes right through the W. It goes right through the Yas Island. And it's just, it's such an incredible experience. And when there's actually people there and boats and and the whole event going on. But I can only imagine what it was like for a semi-private, completely... Yeah. Closed off event. I mean, we returned there a few times. It was definitely way more open the other times we returned. Um, How many times did you go? Well, we did Fight Island three times. I had COVID for the last time, so I didn't get to go for the third time. But for the second time, Yaz Island was pretty much open. So, like, originally, uh, when we went there in July, the racetrack was just ours. So it would just be, like, fighters doing the racetrack experience. You could go for runs on the Formula One track. You could ride your bike. That's cool. Yeah, super cool. It's so amazing. It's, It's unbelievable. And then that was all open to the general public, so our bubble did not include that the second time around. 
Um, but there were like you you can see the marina from all of our rooms or most of our rooms. So all those regular see. people encroaching on your oh, private yeah. area. Oh yeah, no, it was know? like super rich people. <laughs> Excuse yeah. me. Yeah, yeah. yeah. that was yeah. they bought their way in. Right. Okay. No, 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 no. So it's like you see all their yacht parties and stuff. And you're right. like, that looks cash in, cash in, cash wins, yeah. cash beats COVID yeah. anytime, <laughs> anytime. So UFCs, you have seen UFC grow. From like you said, 2012, you moved here. 2013, 2010, I moved here. 2010, so yeah. 11 years. The UFC has changed. I mean, so drastically, you can't even imagine doing Fight Island, all these things. What's next for UFC? Like, where can UFC go from here? Man, the sky's the limit. Honestly, I think you see. I mean, even breaking barriers with like being on ABC now. Just last Saturday, we had a card on ABC, which right. is huge. Yeah, you know they. They don't have a lot of sports on ABC. I know we'll see basketball and we'll see, you know, golf or whatever. It's tough maybe. to get You'll see, like, the finals. Yeah. But, right. Yeah. yeah you see the first yeah. ever national, the women's basketball was actually aired for the first time on national television. This past bracket, it was always on ESPN or TBS. Yeah. The first yeah. one ever. Yeah. And so I think that's huge. And it's an indication of just where we're going and, and the kind of audience we're continuing to build. It's not just 18 to 34-year-old males. You know, it's this huge array of different people, including a wide female base, and I just think truly the sky's the limit with what we do with live events, with what we do where we broadcast our programming and the stars that you see come out of the octagon as well. For sure. It's just the what you guys have going forward could be... Is it international, do you think? Is that kind of Oh, the my next... gosh. Sometimes I think international might, might even be bigger than domestic. Like, we go to Brazil and it is... It's like the world stops. Like it's crazy. crazy over there. Um, there's some. Like we went to. I worked a Liverpool card where Darren Till, who's from Liverpool, was the main event, and that was absolutely bananas. And it was the same weekend as some sort of football final where they played like Real Madrid, okay. Real Madrid, yeah. uh, and Liverpool, and that like the whole town was like the whole city couldn't wait for the game and then for Darren to fight. Like it was just it's. It's massive internationally. I don't think people maybe recognize or realize how huge and how global the sport is, but you have people from all walks of life who compete inside the octagon, and like you can bring somebody from every continent and come into a room and watch a fight, and everybody's kind of going to know what's going on. No, for sure. You know, and so I think that's the appeal. Plus, boxing was never branded. Does that make sense? MMA has been branded UFC, like Mm -hmm. that actual league. And that transcending, you know, boxing has their different, especially over the UK, and they have their different champions and how they do move belts, all the the belts. UFC has now branded itself as this league that has no It's the NFL to football, right? Like, it's NFL is to football as UFC is to MMA. It's just unbelievable. Yeah. Um, What's the craziest UFC moment that you can remember that you you were actually a part of? Like, you were there and you're like, oh my gosh, what is actually happening right now? I know mine. Well, there's a few, I would say. Hit me with them. Top three. Yeah, okay, top three. Um, I would say, like, the world tours that we do, like, getting to go on a private jet and go around the world for 12 days and, like, promote our fights. Oh, pre-fight. Yeah. Okay. Solid. Insane. It's the only time I've ever been on a private jet, and hey. I really relish it. <laughs> hey. Yes. Hey. Um, Do you rock your mask even on the private jet? I mean, on the no, private I didn't. Oh, I didn't. we caught you. Yeah. Right, I, I don't want to all these rich people judging me right now. Too. Yeah. Okay, well, <laughs> yeah. I was like, oh, okay. Um, I would say the two memories that were the most insane were probably both Connor related. Um, when he knocked out Jose Aldo in just a few seconds. Five seconds or what? Yeah. Yeah. yeah um, we were barely getting situated for the main event to start and it was over and I remember I was standing with some of my colleagues and they go oh shit 
we got to get out of here. So we ran through the tunnel. I think it was still at MGM. Maybe. Uh I don't think T-Mobile was built yet. And just the beer started raining down. I just remembered like the place... It was almost this weird, like, couple of seconds pause before the chaos erupted because they were like, wait a second. Everyone was just confused. Yeah. Yeah. Did that just happen? And then it, yeah. So I remember, like, the crowd was going crazy and we were all running backstage. (laughs) Um, That was pretty wild. And then the first Madison Square Garden show. For me, I think it was really special as well. I grew up going there. Oh, Uh, just iconic. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's the world's most famous arena. And it has such a storied, like, boxing history that to be able to work a show and put my name in that book as well, you know, and say, like, I was a part of this very first UFC event here. Um, And that was also a Conor McGregor fight where he became the first ever champ champ. And so not just the arena erupted, but the whole city. We left, I think, I want to say we left the building at, like, 5 a.m. I actually think we all walked out together. And um, it was still going crazy. Like, the sun was coming up and people are outside, like singing drinking beers they got their irish flags like <laughs> it was it was really crazy I, I i'm sure if i like sat down and thought about it my top 10 list would have a variety of things but those are the ones that really stand out to me just That's just so cool. can't forget them yeah, yeah. those That's irish awesome. fans they travel too they they, they oh, come yeah. over deep sure. dude super oh, deep yeah get ready for ireland to take over i'm sure july 10th again like it's here it's vegas be absolutely yeah. Well, I'm not a professional reporter, but I, my next question has to do with Conor McGregor. So, okay. you know, I'm getting okay. good at this. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Um, the third fight between Conor McGregor yeah. just got announced today and Dustin Poirier. The trilogy is announced. Is Conor McGregor's reign as kind of the face of the UFC going to be over if he doesn't win this fight? I don't think so. I think, you know. Or is his brand just. No, I think it's very hard. I probably take it too personally. Yeah. But. I have a hard time when we like devalue someone so much so quickly. Yeah, sure. You know, no. and like we don't, we don't, or many times people don't stop to recognize these are the best athletes in the world. And on any given day, one can beat the other. You have a bad warm up. You don't feel great. I mean, it's just like us. We go to work and sometimes like, I don't know what it was. It yeah. just wasn't my day. Something's hurt. All the time. Yeah. Plus yeah. not a team sport, right? No one can really pick up your slack. hundred yeah. percent. And there's so many things that play into it that for me, I just hate how we are ready as a sport to sometimes write people off. And that would include had Dustin not won the second fight. It wouldn't mean Dustin Poirier isn't Dustin Poirier and one of the best ever in this OG from the WEC who's been doing it forever and who's beaten some of the best in the world and has these crazy fights. I think for Conor, we were so accustomed to him winning so easily Mm -hmm. that – it's almost like, well, why aren't you winning like you did last time or like you did three years ago? Well, it's not the same. The sport evolves. We saw him be taken out with with kicks and calf kicks and leg kicks that maybe the sport didn't really have a few years ago. Calf kicks are a brand new thing to the sport. It's, you know, Benson Henderson was doing them for a few years, but really it's evolved these last few years. It's become a new weapon. And now people have to evolve along with it. And you're asking fighters to grow with a sport that is just rapidly evolving at a pace that these little kids are going to start at five years old doing MMA sure, and they're yeah. going to be so much better than, you know, whatever generation fought now or a couple of years ago. But I think Conor McGregor will be just fine. I think. Oh, we, money wise. He's good. Yeah. 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 But, <laughs> he's straight. But I think like, I, I wish. I think superstar athletes in general are just held to a higher standard, yes. right? You know, once you, once you get to a level of winning, everyone, 
media fans consider anything less than that level losing. Yeah. Right? Where anyone else makes it to the playoffs in football, that's a, a great year. Maybe we'll win the Super Bowl soon. We're almost there. But if you're Tom Brady and you don't win the Super Bowl, it's like, wow, what a failure of a yeah. year, right? Because yeah. that's just what you're, you're a garbage known for. person. Right, exactly. you suck. You're going you're gonna to lose in the AFC Championship? Trash. Right. Terrible. Yeah, like, God you know forbid, I mean? he gets there. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. I think we're at this cool stage about where the UFC is evolving to there is the thing you said about how the sport is evolving, right? For example, basketball, right? The sport was always played one way and then there was this thing called the Eurostep and then this nut, something else, these international players yeah. change the game to do this. Yeah. This part of the calf kicks or whatever else, right? That's the next evolution that will become what these kids are doing and then become the next whatever. And if the one thing that will let Connor kind of I don't know, regain his momentum again, whatever, is if he evolves and starts doing these things and can overcome yeah. this evolution of whatever's happening, that's when you become the greatest of the greats. Yeah. Right? Yeah. And I think even if that doesn't happen, which I'm not yeah, saying it could, because it's totally the opportunity's could, there now. But like, I love, the, I, I love to use the Rhonda situation as an example, just because she's kind of like a name and face everyone understands. So she loses to Holly Holm, who was an incredible boxer. She's one of the best female that combo, blew everyone's combat mind. sports athletes Ever. Yeah. Yeah. And I think people don't recognize that because maybe she, like, they just know her from UFC. And then she comes out and she loses to Amanda Nunes, the, one of the greatest of all time, male or female, of our yeah. sport. It doesn't erase all the things that she did and the innovation and the pioneer status and all the fights that she won. And I would say the same with Connor. Like, should things not go his way, I, I never like to say lose, but should yeah. things not go his way, it doesn't erase all the things he For had. Sure. And if he likes fighting, like, keep fighting. You know For what sure. I mean? Yeah. Like, find the fights that excite you and do them. Well, he's branded himself such to a point now yeah. where he's the best at that, too. Is that the next phase for UFC fighters, you think, too, is learning how to market themselves, much like Conor McGregor has, like, translating? Because I think it's different, like you said. Yeah. UFC doesn't have these team sports, right? And then the individuals under them, too. Then the league... The UFC is like, it's us and then you. Right. If you're not making yourself as popular as, as you can be, the outside, the brand, the pay-per-views, you, we need that. We need a storyline. We need all these yeah. other things to get that. Is that the next phase for these fighters is really getting themselves marketed outside of just the their, their yeah, success I mean, or failures in the ring? Certainly, yes. I would say like as the, the key, I think sometimes people see Conor and they want to emulate him and they think they'll find the same success, but Conor is authentically him. For sure. And yeah. I think that is like sometimes what we what goes wrong. So people can see through that. Fans can see through that. For if sure. you're not being you, then it's yeah. like okay, this very guy. WWE right. and vibes. It works for Connor because that's Connor. Yeah. you yeah. know. Um, but I do think yes, finding like doesn't have to be like Connor, just your niche, whatever. Yes, it may be and outside that's the like ring. that's what I love so much about being able to do and presenting in my role is just like who is this person as a human being? For instance, my yeah. husband has been you know one of the best in the sport for over ten years in two different weight classes. Came from the WC, like he's a phenomenal fighter, but he loves fashion, he loves movies, and like I want people to know that about him. He's right. a whole human being. He has these layers, and I think it's important that fighters view themselves as a whole human being because yeah. it only adds to their brand so what do you like outside sometimes fans will be like oh I'll get off video games or whatever i'll see them kind of like say stuff to our fighters like i'll oh, go focus on your fight it's like they do they yeah. really right, do yeah. but you can only train so many hours a day and you can let only... a guy stream some call of duty you know yeah, on yeah. There, yeah. Sure. exactly it doesn't mean they're any less committed right. to what they're doing so yeah. if you find the things that make you happy in a genuine authentic manner that can only help yourself as a brand because there's going to be somebody out there who connects with your video game obsession or your 100%. comic book love, or you want to ride motorcycles. You know what I mean? That 
if they can be like, oh my gosh, I had no idea. Like, like Stipe, for instance, I had no idea. Not just he was a firefighter, but he loves video games. I didn't know that. Right. Oh, I got a roof for him in this next fight. It just makes you connect with a different layer of people Absolutely. who also might view MMA athletes as, you know, like knuckleheads. Right. And they're not. Sure. They're yeah. really not. Yeah. And so it really gives them a, an insight if they were uh, unaware of who our athletes are. It kind of gives them a better insight into who these people are who step into the octagon. They're incredibly talented athletes, but also like great humans. Yeah. Well, speaking of like the actual, you know, the entertainment part of UFC, which is obviously a huge component, um, huge topic we've talked about a lot on the podcast okay. is this massive growth of this YouTube influencer boxing. Yeah. As someone who is... <laughs> such a proponent of the UFC. What do you think about this whole experience that is now taking the entertainment side of like a combat sport and taking it on a whole new lane? Hate it, and it. the amount of money these, these kids the are making. Exploding. Like these kids are getting. Yeah. With no fights under their belt. I'll, I'll preface this by saying like, I don't really get the whole TikTok, TikTok and YouTube star thing. Like, I don't understand how they make so much money. I don't understand how, like, a girl from TikTok has a thing on Dunkin' Donuts menu. Like, I really... Thank you. Thank, like, I wish I knew. Yeah, like, no, I, and it's because it's I'm old, I guess. Like, I yeah. don't get it. But more, more power to them. Like, right. if they want to do these boxing things. Like, I think, I think fighting is one of those sports. Not everybody's going to go try and play football. Not everybody's yeah. going to go try and play even three-on-three basketball or game, of course. But, like... Yeah. Everybody at some aspects wants to punch somebody. Yeah, yeah, yeah for no. sure. Okay, yeah. yeah, there you go. It is an innate human yeah, thing it's to want to punch somebody. It's a great equalizer. And if you're going to put in the work and train for it, like more power to you. I don't love the talk of if I win this fight, I'm a better mixed martial artist or whatever, or, or I'm a better fighter. I, I don't love that. And I think that there's so many nuances to it. We could talk about that for hours. Right. But like, I don't hate it. I, I'm not particularly invested in certain these certain fights because maybe I don't know who some of them are because, I again, I'm old sure. and I don't even have TikTok. But, like, um, no, I think, like, why not? Right. Go for it. Speaking of that. Speaking of TikTok. So, so the, but the new one, the fight that's coming out, Ben Askren. Yeah. Fighting Jake Paul. Yeah. What do you think about this whole situation? You think Who's going to win? I have no idea because okay. I don't know anything about Jake Paul. Okay. Yeah. Um, ben... Love him. He's always been great to work with. Obviously, has some big wins in the UFC. Right. Had a huge career um, over in Asia. But he's not known for his boxing abilities. Right. He's known we as talk a wrestler. About it. This, this is his point. Yeah, yeah. and I just think that with mixed martial arts, the reason it's so appealing is because it's it's muchly based on stylistic matchups. So, you know, can this guy who was an NCAA Division I champion, can he stand the boxing of this guy? You know, right. or this guy is a lifelong Muay Thai practitioner. Uh, what's he going to do if it goes to the ground with this Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu black belt? And many times they learn to adapt in the other's foray of, or discipline. But this is just boxing. And I believe in Ben as an athlete, um, I'm sure, because he he's been fighting for a long time. His hand's... Um, we're easy to sharpen and focus on for um, just boxing itself, but that's not what he was known for. Yeah. So I yeah. think, it, like, if anybody's gonna watch and be like, "Oh my god!" Like, like if he loses, oh, he's not the he's not a good fighter. Right. That's not it. It's yeah. just boxing alone is just this pure discipline where, when you have MMA and you can shoot a takedown. Yeah, yeah. And it's quite different. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's it is. Different. It's yeah. completely different. I hope he just shoots a takedown. I hope it gets weird. <laughs> yeah. Anything. Just, yeah. Yo, that'd be so <laughs> sick. Yeah. I'm so sick of this asshole. Yeah. Boom. Yeah. He gets hit once. He's like, man, fuck. Like, what's, Disqualify what? me. I don't care. Yeah, yeah. right? Yeah. 
Like, I mean, do you remember when everybody was worried um, about Conor McGregor fighting Floyd? Well, and they yeah, were like, yeah. what yeah. if he throws a kick or what if he takes <laughs> yeah. him down? And I worked that broadcast. And I, I'll tell you, there were some off-camera conversations that with some legendary boxers where they had some not nice things to say thinking that Conor was going to do this or that. Of course, Conor didn't do anything outside of the rules in, yeah. in that regard. He wasn't throwing a kick or shooting a takedown. But I don't know if you remember the fight before they had some issues with that that stuff. Okay. So it was like two boxers no. where, yeah, where yeah. they were kind of going outside the rules. And then it was like, hey, it wasn't it wasn't the UFC guy that yeah, you had to worry about boxers. here. Yeah, so just shoot a takedown. It's fine. Yes, I mean, it actually would be good entertainment, yeah. good social media yeah. if it actually happened <laughs> yeah. like that too. I'm sick of this crap. Yeah. <laughs> Boom, yeah. Sorry, Triller, disqualified me. You know what I mean? Whoops. Uh, I think it's, are you going to watch? Uh, well, we have a fight that night that I'm like super invested in, the Gastelum um, versus Whitaker fight. Oh, yeah. Right. So, I mean, I'll probably go between the two, but I mean, I, I'll watch our fights. Okay, UFC yeah. takes precedent. Yeah, for yeah. sure. For sure. <laughs> it's yeah. uh, speaking of TikTok real quick, do you know that your name has, so you're not on TikTok at all. No. Yeah. She has no but clue. you're growing, you have a brand right now. It's crazy. You have a brand. Your name has 600,000 views on TikTok. Your hashtag. What? Hashtag. Yeah. Your hashtag. You people, know that yeah, people are checking it. You should be on TikTok. <laughs> yeah. I have literally no idea what that I mean, I guess. 100 percent I kind I mean, of get what it is. Considered means, exactly but. like Instagram, like your hashtag on TikTok, your what? name, six hundred thousand plus views. So what the hell is there to even look at me for six hundred thousand times? Yeah, I, I mean, all, all sorts of stuff. Oh, the handshake and the okay. You're all over TikTok. Uh, your hashtag? 611,000 views. It's wild. What? Megan, you're hot on TikTok. Hot. <laughs> Who knew? I told you. We're trying to break some news right now here. Yeah. That is crazy. Dude, I had no I had no idea. I've ne- I don't even like I wouldn't even know how to get TikTok. Well, App Store. App Store. Okay. When you sure. download you. it, when you <laughs> download you. it, give us the credit. Okay. You, you well, but you, so you have your own brand now. I mean, you're you have five hundred thousand yes. followers on Instagram. Yeah. You're obviously well known. You're on social platforms that you don't even know about. <laughs> yeah, that's wild. cooking videos. Cooking videos. <laughs> oh, like, yeah. so what's next for the Megan brand? I just want to keep growing it. You know, I love my job with the UFC. I love my role. I love being able to tell stories, athlete uh, athlete stories. Same with like NFL. I would love to continue to grow in that role. Um, and then, yeah, just continuing to do more. I'm a person who doesn't believe in a ceiling. Like, I don't believe in stopping. I just yeah, want to continue that. to grow. Like, okay, we're, we're doing this well. Like, how can we make it bigger and better? How can I add more to the broadcast? How can I um, do more games? Like, it's very much a growth for me that I don't believe should ever stop. It's a continued evolution. I'd love to have some sort of morning show one day. Nice. Ooh, yeah. I would love that. Sports yeah. focused or um, all encompassing? You know, all encompassing. So Do you I, need three male co hosts? Yeah, no, <laughs> that's what you're so weird. That's exactly is, what I was looking I knew, for. I knew, wow. I knew it. I knew it. Hey I guys, we're it. actually auditioning yeah. right now. Right. Oh. Right. Um no, I I I'm usually pretty bashful about goals and I don't I'm not really a person who says things loudly. I just prefer to, you know, have these things I'm focused on quietly and work right. towards them. But with that, I've realized like sometimes you have to say things. Gotta manifest sure. it. Yeah, yeah. So I'm manifesting that. That's that's a dream of mine because do it on weekdays and then work fights on weekends, Sick. football right. on Sunday. Sure. Um, what would you talk about? What's the show? I would love to do something sort of like you see on like uh, Good Morning America or Kelly and Ryan. Okay. Um, what is that? Michael and Sarah. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Um, those kind of things. I think Michael and Sarah do it well where they, they're they not, like, grossed out by sports. I think a big thing you'll see uh, if you watch a morning show is they almost, like, ah, sports. Like, sure, oh, right. those sure. two teams yeah. play. It's Did you watch the halftime show? And that's great. Because <laughs> those two teams play. Yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah I mean, that's, that's sort, sort of how it's spoken about sometimes on some programming. Right. 
And that's great because authentically they don't care about the sport. For sure. Right? For so sure. that's true to them and right. I love that. But for me, like I don't think it's something that needs to be shied away from. So being able to talk about sports, pop culture, entertainment, um, food, travel, whatever it is. Great podcast. And talk Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Welcome to the residency. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Hello. Um, but then like seeing seeing athletes walk through the door or actors, musicians, um, whoever it may be, YouTube stars, whoever it may be. It's a melting pot now. Yeah, Yeah, and getting to speak to people from all walks of life is just really fun for me. It's genuinely what I love. Yeah, for sure. Are you going to have anything to do with the Raiders? I mean, I don't think so. I mean, they're not really on Fox, so I work with the NFL on Fox. Um, I've worked a Raiders game before back in Oakland at their other stadium. Uh, I'm not opposed to it. Love the Raiders. Give me a call. But, <laughs> go Raiders. Uh, hey. Never know yeah. listening. There right. Go. But uh, no, I don't. I mean, not unless I get assigned a game that has the Raiders on, on gotcha. one of the benches. For sure. Yeah. So you said you're not on TikTok though too. Do you like social media? No, I hate social media. Really? Wow. Yeah, I hate it. I like Why? despise Twitter. And I... Twitter's a weird place. Right. Hey, Twitter's I weird. I yeah. Twitter's yeah. a weird place. Rarely Low loves Twitter for some reason. Yeah. Do you? I'm, like, a I'm a big Twitter guy. I hate Twitter. Yeah. It's, how you get, it's how I get my news. It's very negative. Chrissy Teigen it's off Twitter. Super, Twitter's dying. It's, yeah. it's super negative. It's just like the worst of the worst. And like I had, yeah. I've had like some bad experiences on Twitter with like, you know, if my husband fights and it doesn't go his way, and then uh, people are like, sure. people are ruthless. Yeah, yeah people are ruthless. Ruthless. Yeah, and like, it's not good for anyone's mental health. I really don't think. Sure, like, sure. And so, same with social media. I think. Listen, it's great, and I am appreciative of everyone who follows me and the fact that I can make money that way sometimes. I, don't get me wrong. I'm very appreciative. But I think, like, I have young nieces, and they think, like, oh, your life is what you show on Instagram, and it's right. not. sure. Yeah. Yeah. You know? True and that. even when you try to show the real things, then you kind of get thrashed because, like, oh, your life sucks or whatever. You get these nasty messages. Plus, I get so many disgusting DMs. Oh, this oh, is our next question. question. <laughs> this is our favorite question. What, what is... Your DMs like is it just absolutely ridiculous? Probably doesn't even open them anymore. Five hundred thousand is no. a lot of followers. That's a lot of people. That's just yeah, I delete. DM I delete those GM those DMs that like you know if you don't follow you kind of get them in a different the request folder. Yeah. Yeah. Sure, yeah. sure. I just pretty much delete them all the time, and I feel bad. I'm sure there's sometimes messages I should be responding to, but the amount of like jerk off videos that I get is oh so God. it's God, like. Dude. So Outrageous. astounding. Yeah, and I just can't handle it. And then people will like do anything to try and allow you or try and get you to respond. They'll be like, It's a reaction. Yeah, sure. and like they'll send like some really weird messages and requests. And you're like, I know you're making this up. Like I just got one this morning that was like, Hey, it was so great speaking to you. Make sure you follow me so we can continue that conversation we had the other day. Um, and it's like, bro, I never met you. <laughs> yeah. Get you out know? of here. Like, like, I was in my house all day. Yeah. Where are you? Yeah. Where, and you so from? it's just, I, they're just really weird. Let me see if I got any new weird. Oh, oh yes, yeah. Open them up. Yeah. This is a live DM read right now. I'm sorry. Um, Social media, I, you sound like someone who would love TikTok. I'm not going to lie to you. We're huge proponents really? of it. It's so much fun. Way more authentic. Okay. And I thought lot. I would have hated it in the very beginning. And it's it's, it's a it. wild place. And as far as your brand goes, obviously people love you. People are you're oh, literally on TikTok. You're, that's you're six hundred thousand. It's six hundred thousand is a that's lot. That's a lot. Is it? I mean, yeah. and people are uh, Instagram's interesting because you can put all these hashtags on a lot. TikTok is very 
different because you can only put them in your actual caption and it's there's not a lot of space there. Oh, yeah. So, yeah, and I don't play that game. I don't do the, like, the million hashtag yeah. game. I'm like, yeah. if you want to follow me, follow me. Like, whatever. Yeah, so yeah. people to hashtag your name, 600,000 views on your name is actually quite a bit. Yikes. Yeah. Okay. It's wild. That's cool. yeah, when you go on TikTok, make sure you usually like, all right, cool, guys. It's the Residency Podcast. I will, I will, I will, I will, I will, I swear. I had to. Um, my DMs aren't that creative because I just deleted them, deleted them this smart. morning, so it's just some responses to my smart. stories. All right. Just, like, just, some, just some nonsense, though. I don't, yeah, no, no, no dick pics. Guys, stop, so. stop DMing right now, guys. Yeah. Keep, keep it in your pants. Um, speaking of podcasting. Yeah. How's your new podcast going? Yes. You know, Tell us about the new podcast. Plug the podcast. Oh, At Home with Ben Levy. It's my husband and I at home talking okay. about just stuff we talk about. Yeah when a camera's not around, but yeah. this time we just do it with a microphone and a camera. No, it's cool. I mean, it's, it's different. It's, it's a different, um, it's a different experience for me. Somebody who is used to being on like broadcast television to mm. like grow a podcast <laughs> is a very new adventure. Um, right. but it's been cool because like, again, like I said with my husband, like he has so many layers and wanting our athletes to be able to show who they are outside of the octagon. It's been really cool to see him be able to like talk about movies he loves or like he just gave a list of like top five movies directed, acted and written by the same person. And that's cool Tight. because yeah, like, yeah, that's good. He, yeah, it's kind of like, whoa, that should be on like a movie channel. For sure. But it's yeah. Joseph Benavidez. Right. And it's really fun as a wife to be able to like see him grow in that role. And then it's just fun to like, kind of just take like the professional Megan outside of things and just talk about like, I love Phil Collins right now and I've been blasting him in my nice. head. Nice. I wanted to get this news out here, not breaking, but important. I'm really into Phil Collins right now. Yeah, exactly. Is it nice to be a little bit more casual? Like this podcast obviously is very casual. You being UFC proper interviews and Fox and ESPN. Is it nice to be a little more casual environment? It's very different though. It's totally different. It's still not completely comfortable for me. Um, And, but I think. Looks comfortable from from our angle Uh, right now. (laughs) I think COVID put a lot of things into perspective. Mm. Like when the world stopped and you really didn't know what was going to restart and you didn't, like, I didn't know if I was going to have a job or how long it would be for Thankfully, Dana White didn't fire a a person on our team. He didn't lay off a single soul. But, um, so we were really fortunate, but like, didn't know when Joe was going to fight again or or what things were going to happen again. And so it was one of those where it's like, what do we like doing that we could maybe try and do? And listen, it might work. It might not work. It's still very new for us. I don't know how long we'll continue to do it. It could be for years and it could be for like a month, but it's fun right now and it's great reps and it's, it's just a new adventure. No matter what, it's a learning process and it's been a, it's been a good one. That's awesome. That's great. Yeah. It's fun. Yeah. Podcast is a blast, especially when it's casual and it's just you and your husband. It can, yeah. There's no pressure Yeah, at all. exactly. And just, like our dog like barks and like jumps on our lap half the time. <laughs> Whatever. Like, That's fine. Yeah. It might turn into something huge. You never yeah. know. Yeah, exactly. You never know. Exactly. And I think, you know, I, I, like I said, I used to be pretty bashful about like the things I wanted to do and now... I, I'm somewhat getting out of that a little bit and trying to like, oh, I love cooking and maybe I want to do a cooking show. Yeah. Or I want to talk to, you know, with my husband about like the Bravo shows that I force him to watch. And, yeah. you know, so it's just, it's just fun. And sometimes you just have to get out of that box to, to continue to grow as a human. Yeah. Speaking of other layers, we heard you are an incredible cook. What's uh, going on yeah. here? All the videos. Yeah. yeah what's going on? Uh, did Chris tell you? He comes to my house it's, to eat yeah, often. Okay. <laughs> okay. okay. <laughs> nodding. I noticed um, there's no to go dishes or anything. I know. Sorry. God, okay. I definitely should have known you were going to ask me about this, yeah, I would have brought yeah. some pasta. Well, guys, I have this right here. <laughs> yeah. Funny you should ask. Yeah. Um, no, I love cooking. Okay. I'm, I'm Italian. 
grew up cooking, uh, it's a form of therapy for me, and it's a way I show love. So awesome. if it takes me eight hours, because I hand make everything, like my pasta is all handmade. Wow. Like wow. if I'm making tortellini or ravioli or whatever, I'm going to fold it myself. I'm going to fill it myself. You know, this so, is impressive. That's very yeah. impressive. So, you got to get a restaurant to do like a guest chef collab with you or something here in Vegas. Let's go. No problem. We'll get that done. 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 Yeah. done. Yeah. Oh Easy. my God. That's yeah. like a dream. And no problem. Yeah. And so, Put and, that in the bank. Great content yeah. for your TikTok. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. Damn it, you guys. <laughs> yeah. Peer pressure. Yeah. Right, I'm in. But no, I love cooking. Uh, it's okay. my favorite thing in the world. All right. Yeah. Wow, Italian food with Megan. This might be this That's is, hot. This there is we good. go. Right. Hey, Giada, right. see you later. Yeah. Bye. Good try. Um, <laughs> too expensive. Too expensive. Sorry. I'm sorry. Well, we're excited to try. This was amazing. Thank you for coming you on. You guys are the best. Seriously. It's pretty good, right? Huh? This is Not so good. Yeah. Sweet. Well, like I said, we might need a fourth host. You know, yeah. we could just keep this going. Whatever come on. Go. Sold. Um, so at the end of every show, we do a segment called Eat It, Drink It, Binge It, where yeah. we recommend something or somewhere to eat. It okay. could be like a restaurant or a okay. brand, anything like that to drink it. Same thing. It could be a cocktail or a drink at some place or a brand that you really like. Okay. Um, and binge it. It could be podcast, book, TV show, streaming, oh anything. So that you think right now too. You already said Phil Collins, so you can't use that one okay. right now. Okay, okay. 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 So we'll go first. Oh my God, yeah. I'm okay, okay, okay. We'll go this way, okay. so you have time to think. Thank you. But this is like the last minute football interview. Okay, you know yeah, I want go. this to be I'm on the spot, <laughs> on the spot, <laughs> go. on the spot. Uh, we actually all went out to dinner last night, and we yes, went to a new restaurant. And this is my eat it today, Casa Calavera, new restaurant at Mexican restaurant at uh, Virgin Hotels. Oh, oh yes, I was just, I was literally just looking at their restaurants today. Delicious, very good, super good, uh, awesome taco special for Taco Tuesdays. Lively, opens right up to the pool. We had a really good time. Old friends run at Hakkasan Group Hakkasan too, Group, so definitely yeah. go check it out. Awesome. It was good. What it was good. It's good. So we're huge Trader Joe's guys on this podcast. Big Trader Joe's guys. Love TJ's. Uh, so I just TJ. Got, yeah, TJ. Yeah, there we go. On a nickname basis. You know? Yeah, you know, we're So close. Jeff, I think you said this a while ago. It was like the um, If it's good, probably everything bagel salmon, right? That yeah, comes yeah. Up. But they have sesame crusted ahi tuna in okay. the same way. So I got that, put it on a salad. It's fire. Trader it's Joe's so is just this yeah. next Smoke level. They do oh, everything. Yeah. yeah. It's and so the greatest. A hundred percent. They just can't. need delivery. Can, so, I, yeah. can I manifest that? Dude, we've, been, we've been shouting out Trader Joe's a lot too. So Trader Joe's isn't listening by now too. <laughs> yeah, like yeah. I don't know what else to do. <laughs> I'll take not, a sponsorship. If they're not I'll, taking I'll, our right, advice, right, right, right. they're not taking Please. our You'll advice. You'll carry that burden for all of yeah. For sure. <laughs> all right, what do you got? What are you eating? So I went to a place called Smoke and Fire here in town. Uh, everyone Great likes name, food. by the way. Great, yeah, it's hot. Great it's fucking hot name. name. Smoke yeah. and Fire? Yeah. Duh, like fucking no, Yeah. You mean like I mescal? <laughs> oh, I fucking yeah. hate mescal. Do you like mescal? Oh, you don't drink. I don't drink. Yeah. Yeah. Good. So You're perfect. not missing anything. You're not missing anything. fucking trash. No, but our teams, every time we go to Mexico, like our teams love mescal. Really? Oh my God. In Mexico, though, is different, though, because then you're in, like, that's like a cultural thing. No, no, regular tequila. One day Chris and I will tell a story about some fighters in a mezcal that was like a thousand dollars that he ended up having to pay for because they put their mouth on it. Podcast oh. round two. He got you. Can't do it. <laughs> Podcast he round two. <laughs> uh, so yeah, smoke and fire. Everyone likes fried chicken sandwiches. Oh, super course. huge right now, right? Yeah. There you go. They have a fried chicken and blueberry slider. Okay, fried so chicken and blueberries? Sounds sketch as fuck, I know. Listen. No, no, it sounds good. So they're sliders with the Hawaiian roll, which is Ooh. good. A little sweetness, squishy Love factor. That. A little fried chicken slider. Pepper jack cheese. Then they put a fucking blueberry aioli. little mayonnaise blueberry I like spread. that. Then they top it with a blueberry jam. Okay. Like a house-made blueberry jam with actual big blueberries in it. It is fucking phenomenal. Oh, and a fresh jalapeno piece. Phenomenal. Wow, a little I spice? Like that. It's like a spice sweet. Okay, where, I is where is this place? Uh, fuck me. Russell, <laughs> Russell, and Google Paco. it. It's called Smoke and Fire. Yeah, yeah. Russell, yeah. Russell, yeah. And, yeah. Russell, and, Russell and Pecos. It's in Las okay. Vegas. Anyway, it's a fry, fried chicken blueberry slider. Absolutely mind blowing. 
Wow. And one time I had chicken and waffles that not had, sponsored, but can be sponsored. Yeah, can be yeah. sponsored. <laughs> I had I had fresh fruit on top of chicken and waffles one time, and it was amazing. So I could see how like the fruit and like fried chicken. Yeah. Could oh yeah, be, could be a vibe. I go to a place called Modern Market in Colorado that I get like a bacon sandwich with blueberries on it, and it's amazing. I like it. So. Oh wow! By the way, smoke and fire. You're welcome. Megan just wrote it down. She's coming. Yeah, I did. I literally She's coming for the blueberry chicken sandwich. <laughs> yeah. All right, big pressure. What are you eating? I'm what gonna, is your recommendation I'm for the people? I'm gonna say uh, a restaurant called Robata N. Phenomenal. N-A-O. Okay. Oh, yeah. yeah. Have you been? Yep. Yeah. Has it been? Okay. So love Robata N. We did the tasting menu but their menu in general is very diverse um and they've got things from sushi to an incredible burger um and the service is impeccable and then they had milk and cookies for dessert but like ube milk uh, like everything was just love ube so right yes ube's hot right now too hot Um, right now anything purple cookies are kind of undercooked with the sea salt oh my gosh it was ube's a new matcha yeah it is truly (laughs) is a new matcha it truly is uh so uh, robota and i I have a million I want to give and I won't, but it's okay. You okay. Know, we, like I said, podcast round two is coming. Right, yeah. honorable mention, I would say La Strega. Oh, I fucking love La Strega. Incredible Italian yeah. food. Um, but local Summerlin spot yes, for you. Local woman chef. Yeah, and chef her Gina, dad is yeah. actually one of the coaches of the Raiders. And so it's really cool. I just think it's doing a lot of great things for the community and like women in the food industry. So shout out to her. Awesome, I love yeah. that. Oh, that oh, is, is that, that the picture of it? Look yeah, that. look at that fucking thing. Yeah, I'm going. Dude, it's smoking fire. Home, so, it was so hot. fucking good. Yeah, yeah. I my stomach tr- is growling. Yeah, I need this. It was so good. Uh, my drink it. Uh, we're going healthy today. No cocktails, you oh know, or God. I am at least. Yeah. Uh, Be okay, water. Have you ever had that? It's like in the black. <gasps> oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Can yeah. I just tell you? Go ahead. Okay, so the Real Housewives are one of the Real Housewives of New Jersey. Their family is who created BLK Water. Really? Really? And they live in Henderson now. Just putting what? it out there. Wow, okay. Got to get them on the podcast. There you go, Collab yeah. City then. Uh, it's was great. It, was it charcoal? Yeah, no, so it's it's just like a electrolyte water. They have a bunch of different flavors too. Healthy water, no calories, no sugar. Actually really good, but it's black. Something about the packaging, it just makes water yeah. seem way cooler and Getting sexy it today. when yeah. you're drinking Getting it. it today. It's yeah. not charcoal? No, it's not charcoal. I thought it was charcoal. They, black. They're doing TikTok challenges, I've seen it, where they make mac and cheese with the black water. Okay, oh see, God. you're on TikTok. I'm telling you, <laughs> yeah. you're 99. Per- the most you're on TikTok is most someone could not be on TikTok. Yeah, yeah, for sure. It's just gonna be posted on Instagram. Instagram. I like see it on the just Instagram. Just pull the trigger. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Just okay. pull the trigger. Okay, but yeah, Lare- uh, Jacqueline Larita and Chris Larita. I think wow. their last name is. Okay, great. I love that. See, nice. we today we're on a roll. We're hot. What do you got? So what are you drinking? My drink it is actually I haven't drank in a couple weeks, but yesterday at Costa Calavera. Yeah, you say we got fucked up last night. Yeah, that was the first time in like two weeks. Okay, okay, okay. Two whole weeks. Sunset Margarita. That was my favorite thing. Hey, that one was bomb. Guava and strawberry margarita. It was great. How were the mezcal ones? <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. I just don't like mezcal. I like mezcal. Oh, yeah, no, you don't. No you one don't. likes. Mezcal. How good was my mezcal cocktail? Trash. No, you, it was it like was a soda. You had like soda. it was like carbonated. Yeah, it was delicious. Okay, well, mezcal can have a mixer with carbonation. Read a book. You know what I mean? You're just super Read a book. Trend. Jeff is super trendy, guys. <laughs> All right, what do you got? <laughs> uh, also, not sponsored, but can be sponsored. Uh, <laughs> It's called. Oh my god! Oh wow! <laughs> it's called Uptime. It's another healthy energy. This healthy energy drink fucking category is just out of control right now. Yeah, yeah. for sure. The gas station, all the little coolers. They're every fucking. I'm not gonna lie. They get one. me to try them though. Yeah, yeah. Like, I've never right. seen the packaging. Is like cool. Yeah, shaped is. like a dick. I thought it was suntan lotion. I thought it was the Evian spritzer suntan thing. Lotion. It does f- kind of look like suntan <laughs> lotion. Yeah. <laughs> uh, it's called Uptime White Peach Lemonade. I'm a sucker for anything like white peach lemonade. Super summertime friendly. <laughs> yeah. Uh, healthy, five calories, but super carbon. It had like a bite burn down going down my throat. Like a, like a triple chico? Vibe? Yeah, yeah, I don't know. Super yeah. carbonated, but very good. Okay. Uptime, white peach lemonade, not sponsored, can be sponsored. I like All that. Right. Okay. What I'm do you gonna, got? I'm going to give you one um, to not sponsor, but could be sponsored for you guys. Nice. There you go. Uh, it's called Kill Cliff. 
It's an energy drink, but created with like green tea extract. So cool. there's no crazy terrible ingredients. And also made by a team of Navy SEALs. Okay. And Badass. it is delicious. I hate energy drinks. I do not drink them. Um, yeah. I love coffee, so I usually stick with that. But Kill Cliff's flavors, like this blood orange one, I'm just obsessed with. It's carbonated energy drink, but made with green tea and so freaking That's delicious. Right Where can you get it? Yeah, Kill Cliff? Get it is it, can you get it locally or is it like online? You probably got to get it online. Yeah. Think online only, but okay. it might be available. Like Joe Rogan just did a flavor for them. He did like a CBD pineapple, Done. some some sort of drink. <laughs> Any, anything Joe Rogan drinks, yeah. Yeah. Oh, oh, right. send it over. Send it over. Yeah. yeah. It over. So you guys want to check it out? It's All really right. good. Okay, Kill, I like Kill that. Cliff. Kill Cliff. Kill yeah. Cliff. All right, we've been on a roll today too. Uh, my binge is actually another podcast. Um, Flagrant Two. Have you ever, have you ever, Flagrant no. Two is uh, the comedian Andrew Schultz. Okay. Uh, his podcast is super good. Hilarious. No holds barred. Really will say anything. And he's super funny. His stand-up is hilarious. He has great guests. A lot like our podcast. Like him and another comedian, they have great guests on. They just had Dylan Danis on. Oh, okay. They just, they yep, just launched Dylan Danis episode. Mike Malak was just on it. Um, really good, though. Yeah, it's called Flagrant 2. All right. I'm, I'm going to check it out. Check it out. Like, essentially, like a Flagrant 2 foul. Yeah, 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 yeah. Say whatever yeah, they yeah, want. Yeah. yeah, it's actually it's a really good podcast. That's awesome. So shout out Andrew Schultz, yeah. Netflix. Everybody loves Netflix. Oh the, this new little documentary thing called This is a Robbery. Yes. The world's biggest. Oh, my God. Yes. Oh, you guys watched just it? Okay. So I, watched the, I didn't finish it yet. So I just okay. started like the first one. I'm hooked. Really? Two cops. That, like, they Or two guys dressed as cops. They get in, steal a Rembrandt. It's, 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 it's just true 13 story? pieces. Biggest uh, biggest art heist in American history. It's, so it's true. So it's a documentary. So it's, yeah. Yeah, yeah, it's just okay. a, but it's a series style. It's not like one thirty or like an hour and a half. It's like like Is episodes. it one story over multiple yeah, episodes? Yeah, yeah okay. it's the same story. Basically, it's still unsolved. That's like yeah. how they get oh. you in. It's stone soft. I love that. But it's like how Something about robbing expensive stuff is amazing. Yeah, like Thomas Crown. It's like Thomas Crown affair, but real. Yeah, yeah. That's for what real. I want. I don't know what that is. Thomas Crown affair, the movie. It's a movie. Pierce Brosnan. Okay. Pierce Brosnan. Check it. Jane, old. Do you like old Pierce Brosnan? James Bond. James Bond. Um, Who's James I don't Bond love to you? Movies. You don't love. You don't love movies. I mean, no, I like movies, but like, okay, I'll watch it. Okay, <laughs> <laughs> you should watch it. It's okay. called. It's called. If you like art heistu, it's Thomas Crown affair. Okay, and it's so good. Classic. Love it. Absolute no. classic. Put okay. it on the list. Put it on the podcast list. Okay, and that yeah. was my binge it, so. Really? Yeah. Oh, oh nice. Yeah. Oh. Got to think on your toes. Oh, yeah. Yeah. You have 30 yeah. seconds. Yeah. All right, what do you, what do you binge it? What do you binge uh, So another, not really a podcast, YouTube, we've talked about before, Graham Stephan. Mm-hmm. Just, yeah. moved, just moved out, out to Vegas. Okay. Uh, he, his channel has blown up yeah. in the four years he's been doing YouTube. Started out as a real estate agent out in LA, moved out, just started making YouTube videos just for fun. Always said, he had always said, I don't know if I would ever make it in YouTube because I'm not really interesting. I don't know how to speak. I'm kind of nervous, intimidated. He fucking kills it. Kills His it. YouTube awesome. channel has exploded. Talked about personal finance, stock market. We wish we would have invested in Bitcoin, goddammit. We <laughs> never fucking did. Everyone says, God damn it, the Bitcoin 10 years ago, where are we at? Yeah. Still yeah. don't own it. Yeah, but who like believed in that? You know what I mean? It's weird. Nobody, Nobody. except for the my, fucking yeah. like really, really stupid people. Yeah. Except yeah. for the smart one, yeah. Right. yeah. <laughs> the dumb smart one. By the way, right? speaking of that, real quick, you should add to, since your name is obviously blowing up on social media, BitClout. 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 Have you heard of So we can Bit- invest in you. Literally. Yes. So you you go on, if you verify your account, people can go and it's Rain it's this down. literally it's it's backed by BitClout and you can buy your own coin. What? And then other people can invest in your coin and it goes up. Literally, it's, it's all called, based on your popularity and your Twitter. Yeah, it, but it's all based on uh, Bitcoin, so it's not really real, but real. But soon, it's backed by massive billionaire VCs. Check it. It's tons really of major celebrities have already verified their account and their coins are going Exploding. through the roof. Like they bought their coin at like 
whatever, five bucks, and now they're at like 15,000. What? It's, it's crazy. crazy. It's crazy. So okay. it's wild. It's called Can Big you Cloud. pull your money out? Can you be like, this uh, is no, really no, no. Technically, it's in beta right now, so we're keeping everything, but apparently the rumor is that you'll be able to pull it out in Bitcoin only. You can only go in in Bitcoin and out in Bitcoin okay. apparently right now. But I look it up. It's all too high tech for me. It's yeah, wild. There you go. Okay. All right, what are you binging? Uh, okay, I'm binging Below Deck. Okay. Okay. Do you okay. guys watch Below no. Deck? Yeah, I love trash TV. Yeah, he no. loves. I'm the trash. king of the trash. <laughs> yeah. Vanderpump, all that yes. shit. I love it. I live it. in the gutter. I this love is where it. I am. This is it. I'm the yeah. trash man, dude. Yeah. Yes. Come on, That's pick it up. Watching. Pick it up. Yes. Yes. So uh, I was behind a few episodes. I had to catch up. Below Deck sailing is right now. So there's several uh, iterations of this Below Deck show, which is essentially mega yachts that people charter. So they're super rich. It's just the staff, right? And they film the staff as well as the guests. So there's okay. some crazy freaking guests on there, like the. The episodes we just watched, um, the staff is wild, and they're all like making out with each other already, jumping <laughs> off the boat naked, getting hammered. But that has guests, to be a, pro- a proponent of every reality right, show: yeah, right. sure. houses, boats, you know, islands. <laughs> yeah, but then the guests who were on were very cool. I mean, the first um, gay dads in England to ever use a surrogate to adopt a child, which is great. But then now they have a family of a, essentially nine people were on the boat, and one of the dads um, started dating the daughter's boyfriend, and now oh, he proposed whoa, whoa. to. His daughter's ex-boyfriend on the boat. Wow, you are invested in this oh drama. My yeah. God. You're in it. Yeah, but like, I mean, and they want their own reality show, so they're not trying to hide it. They know that it's right. it's very unconventional and, and unique uh, circumstances. And so once you get in, you're just like, I can't let go of this. Like, I oh need to see God. how that staff member is going to handle this awkward hookup the next morning and like yeah. what this guest demands if they're going to be met. Like, you got to bitch it. I love it. Yeah. All right. Yeah. There it is. Okay, there Love you go. Honestly, this was awesome. By the way, shout out Chris Provino who's here. Yeah, for putting yeah, us all together. Thank you. Thanks for coming on, Megan. This oh was my great. God. Thank you. So, so good. I'll see you like next week. Absolutely. Yeah, 100%. You're going to get a lot of meeting invites from us now too. <laughs> yeah, time perfect. Show. Yeah. Guys, make sure you go check her out at Megan Olivi. She'll be on TikTok very soon on all sorts of <laughs> yeah. platforms. Yeah. Listen to her podcast. <laughs> her bleak you know the drill. At the Residency Pod. For us, hit us up anytime you need us. We'll see you guys next week.